right, all right, all right. Live from Studios. I just can't stop doing it. Live from Studio 6B on Real all America's right, Voice. All right, all right. There he is, the man himself. Um, as I mentioned, can't stop doing it. Live from Studio 6B. Uh, we are live, of course, down the uh, the big guy. Damon's down. He's going to be out the next couple nights, so I'm sitting in the Big D's chair and I'm going to be carrying the show. Sitting in with us tonight is David Zier, who's going to be handling news. That's all, that's all you got to that's say. That's all I got. <laughs> he just, just kind of waved. It's a all light right. news day. And of course, as always, uh, Mr. Purple himself, Slick Rick, handling sports. Rick, how you doing tonight? Good evening, gentlemen. So I guess Big D took everyone's advice and he went far away. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man, that's terrible. Uh, one one thing, you know what, since you mentioned uh, advice from people last night, we got a lot of, uh, I guess, uh, I don't want to call them complaints, but criticisms or what, what, whatever they were. Feedback, yes. Uh, listener and watcher feedback regarding the uh, Twitch feed. So that's going to be handled over the next couple days. Hopefully it'll be back up and running full for everybody to chat and you know watch without any issues and uh, hopefully like i said that should be addressed and ready to go on monday till then um you'll just have to text each other i don't know what to tell you okay we are live of course on dish network channel 219 pluto tv channel 240 samsung TV Plus, 1029, the Roku channel, of course. And uh, also, make sure you follow us on Parlor, Twitter, f- uh, Facebook, all the socials. Pound the likes, share the show, and uh, welcome to a Thursday night. David here. welcome back. You've been with us a bunch of times before. You've got your show on the weekends here on Real America's Voice. What's going on, David? Uh, there's so much going on. Uh, we covered Trump, Sarasota. Uh, I was there. It was 98 degrees, and then it monsooned <laughs> on us for three hours, but the skies opened up. Moses came out, and Trump showed up, <laughs> and there were 40,000, 35,000 people there, 45,000 ticket requests. The event was just phenomenal. It was kind of like Woodstock. Everybody was soaked and uh, I got to tell you um, it was uplifting because people are tired of the blue state governors uh, forecasting misery on America Uh, and it was uh, really a breath of fresh air to be in real America Uh, tomorrow morning I'm heading out to Dallas CPAC where Trump's speaking on Sunday we'll cover that all week Uh, and and then next week we have Turning Point Student Action Summit in Tampa again so uh, listen Trump's on fire the conservative movement is awake not woke Um, and uh, yeah it's uh, uh, it's exciting. So um, we're going to bring you all the best coverage of all these events. And we got the Save America Freedom Tour, this bus. We've been right. all over the country. Very now, exciting. Now, were you over in uh, Bedminster, New Jersey? No. Uh, um, so we covered that okay. um, with uh, Frederick, Sean Fredericks. Okay. And um, Harry Oates was down there with the crew. Oh. And um, I Harry's heard, everywhere. He's everywhere. It's unbelievable. Yeah. We can't keep up. And now he's at CPAC <laughs> setting up. All right. So, and you're heading down there tomorrow morning. So I'm heading uh, there tomorrow. Uh, and I'll be with Madison Cawthorn, uh, who's the uh, keynote speaker. Uh, as long as my plane flight doesn't get canceled with this tropical storm stuff. Right. So. All right. Well, hopefully, uh, you know, knock on wood, you get there and uh, get there nice and safe and uh, uh, maybe maybe we can call on you tomorrow night and see what's going on. Uh, I'll be available. All right. Very good. Hey, uh, we got a lot going on. Again, Rick's got the, uh, the wrap-up for sports coming up at the uh, top of the next segment. In the meantime, though, I thought we, we would start with a little bit of, I want to say, I, I, I qualified this as good news. And I was about to start with Biden, but then I remembered, oh, my goodness, that's right. The great news that came in today um, regarding someone that was all over the media. I mean, he was he was the man. The, the left was pumping him up. 
as the the one who is going to slay the Goliath known as Donald Trump. I think we're talking about Michael Avenatti. Cut 29. Now, take a listen, because this is the guy. He just got sentenced to prison. <laughs> Multiple felony counts. Yeah, and, and he's, he, he's, he's going to prison because of uh, a scheme that he was trying to defraud Nike, yep. uh, among other things. And I guess he got off kind of light considering, but because uh, it was millions of dollars he was trying to defraud them. Of. Yeah, Democrats hardly ever go to jail. So, uh, but he was a real sleazebag. Yeah, but but it's nice when one of the one of the real sleazebags uh, will make an appearance, and I can't wait for him to do so. Uh, we've got this little uh, supercut, basically, of. All the glowing reviews that the left showered upon Michael Avenatti. I don't know if you remember it. He was, he, he, they, I mean, this guy would show up to the opening of an envelope, and the microphones were there, and the news would cover it. It was a wonderful thing. Gee, roll this. He's Donald Trump's worst nightmare, Michael Avenatti. Joining us once again is Michael Avenatti. Let's bring in Michael Avenatti. Michael Avenatti. Michael Avenatti. <laughs> Michael Avenatti, thank you very much. He's out there saving the Look, country. You know, Don Meacham says oh, he may be the, the savior of the republic. You are something of a folk hero now. I owe Michael Avenatti an apology. I've been saying enough already, Michael. I've seen you everywhere. What do you have left to say? I was wrong, brother. You have a lot to say. I uh, am just dying to hear what you think. These people all like you. I'm the only person right here Donald Trump fears more than Robert Miller. We think you guys are the tip of the spear that's going to take down Donald Trump. There Michael Avenatti's a beast. Okay, that's true. And he, he's a beast. He's a beast. I hand it to yeah. her and I hand it to Michael Avenatti. But he has a great, bigger calling here that being a lawyer <laughs> is minimal compared to what he's doing. No one has talked Jeez. tougher directly to Donald Trump on TV than Michael Avenatti. And <laughs> Donald Trump is afraid to mention his name. That's fascinating. Donald Trump is terrified of Michael Avenatti. Now, this Trump a run for his money more than anybody else, Michael Avenatti. Existential threat to the Trump presidency. The Democrats could learn something for you. You are messing with Trump a lot more than they are. He has no doubt created sheer panic in Donald Trump's <laughs> very fragile mind. Michael Avenatti is laying down the law as guest co-host. And is he really thinking about running for president? Uh, one reason why I'm taking you oh seriously God. as a contender is because of your presence on cable news. You look at the field of Democrats right now, and Avenatti's the one who stands out. If they yeah. decide they value a fighter most, yes. people would be foolish to underestimate Michael yeah. Avenatti. That's right. We said that they need a fighter. Look, I mean, we're going to continue to use the media. I think we've used it with great success. <laughs> Well, congratulations, Michael. Good luck uh, in the big house, not the White House, by the way. He was sentenced today to two and a half years in prison for trying to extort Nike for more than $20 million, capping his uh, his uh, public downfall there. He's 50 years old. He was convicted back in February uh, on 2020 on all three counts that he faced extortion, transmission of interstate communications with intent to extort, and wire fraud. Uh, boy, it's amazing watching that played back david that doesn't age too well does it listen every time somebody comes out against trump they become a media darling of the left we all know that every single person in those clips is a phony disingenuous they they have no right to be in broadcasting they knew avenatti was a sleazy guy and he he got in trouble for a lot of other things too oh, yeah. so um from day one we knew it was fake phony fraud like uh, bob grant used to say so um, it's really, it's really crazy. But you know, anyone who comes out against Trump, you could play that clip and you could do a global replacement of a name. <laughs> Mickey Mouse came out against Donald Trump, you right. know, and, um, 
it would be the same broadcast. <laughs> yeah, it, it's kind of amazing just looking back at it. And he was welcomed everywhere from the late night talk shows. They were hooping and hollering and ooh, uh, to the view. Of course, the view. The, those people are lunatics. And then, of course, the, uh, the quote-unquote mainstream media. Um, who's more deep state media than anything else? But they, he was right that he was embraced with open arms. Oh my goodness, this guy really—he's the—he he really talks tough. He talks so tough to Donald Trump on television. That was the quote. They—they they were excited because he goes on TV and he talks tough. Woo! Why don't you why don't you get behind your keyboard, Mike, and and, and maybe send off a really terse email to the president too? Ooh, that's good. Because hey, he hey, knew he had a hey. license to say whatever he wanted. That was this, uh, you know, uh, this apocalyptic message with taking down Trump all the time. And looking even like the SDNY, you know, they're getting a guy who's been Trump's like accountant for fifty years yeah. on like renting an apartment, you know. And uh, this is the way it goes. And uh, it happened with Michael. Cohen. It happened with the porn star. It happens with Avenatti. And every time somebody tries to go against Trump, he comes out on top. Yeah. Every narrative. Yeah. Yeah. And it's amazing because no matter what they keep trying, they keep digging and trying. They've been at this for more than five and a half years. Yeah. And it's not over. And, And right. It's not over. But you still have not seen where where are all these all these, uh, you know, um, grand juries that have been convened. And I'm asking that question of the love. Where are they? You said you had all this evidence. Uh, we heard it from uh, from Schiff. We heard it from Swalwell. Oh, my goodness. The mountains of evidence that they have. But for some reason, they just can't seem to find it when they need it. It's like, uh, maybe I left it at home. Can I just something? add a point to that? Yeah. You know, they're afraid of 2022, not only 2024. You know, Trump backed 92 candidates in the primaries, and he won 91 of them in the last election. And he backed 25 congressional candidates, and they won 23 of them with Trump's blessing. So he's on the road pulling up all these candidates and they're going to win and they're going to take the house by storm. So this hasn't even like, I don't even think it's at its apex. I think it's going to keep going. Yeah. But well, and you say that and it sounds good and we hope that's the case. Um, But unless they figure out what happened in the 2020, we're going to have suspect elections. I mean, look what just happened in New York two weeks, two weeks after the election, uh, the primary for for New York City's Democratic uh, uh, mayoral candidate. They they finally came up with a winner yesterday yesterday right and we were saying weeks ago when i was uh, co-hosting with you about that you know these primaries could take weeks to figure out um and, you know and now steve bannon's out there saying that uh the results of the arizona audit, audit are going to shock the country so this yeah. isn't over now pennsylvania and georgia are next on the firing line right yeah and, and that that i saw as well and you know I just want to caution people not to fall for these, uh, you know, because you see a lot of stuff out there, again, from the mainstream media saying, oh, there's going to be this, there's going to be that. Um, Don't fall for any of it. Just wait. Yeah. Don't look for dates. Don't look for, you know, oh, it's going to happen this time. Stop. Stop with that nonsense. It'll happen when it happens. You know, it's like, oh, I want this person to, to do something. Well, it'll happen when it happens. It's just the, the, the nature of things. Yeah, so we can't uh, sit there and, and let them, you know, sucker you into something and make you look bad. Because I, I feel like that's kind of what happened. And, and they started to address that about January 6th. People about, are you know, despondent. They feel let down every time they think something's going to come out. It doesn't. But it looks like there was an Arizona security breach on November 3rd. And they think the same thing happened in Michigan and Georgia. And jo- uh, Jordan Conradson from the Gateway Pundit has been, like, on this investigating. So uh, let's uh, be patient and see what happens. Yeah, exactly. Well, there's a lot to cover tonight. Uh, we've got Biden, who was 
uh, out making a speech talking about Afghanistan. We've got a bunch of clips of that. We've got some uh, from his, his Homeland Security. Oh, th- they think it's the, bu- the business of the government to know who's vaccinated. We talked a little bit about this the other night. We've got some audio and video to go along with that so you can see what they're planning. It's a, It should be interesting. Uh, let's see. I got a great clip that I found of this gentleman taking on a school board. I forget where it is. It's not on the clip, but I'll find it. Uh, When you see it, you will be, you might start cheering. You might stand up in your living room and start cheering this guy on because he just knocks it out of the park. I'm not even going to tell you his name because I don't want you to look him up. I want it to be a surprise if you haven't seen this guy. I haven't seen this guy up until today, and I think he, it, it came out a couple weeks ago. So we'll leave it at that. We've got a lot more to do again. Slick Rick is here. He's got sports coming up at the top of the next break. David Zier is sitting in. He's going to do a little bit of news for us in the next segment. And Curtis Slewa. He was supposed to be here last time you yeah. were here. He's going to be here at 8.30, live on the air. We'll talk to him about the election, about everything coming up, and his run for New York City mayor. Should be an exciting time. Should be a fun show. Stay there. We appreciate you. We'll be back right after this, right here, live on Studio 6B, Real America's Voice. More to come. from Studio 6B on Real America's Voice on a Thursday night. Thank you so much for joining us. Again, if you're just tuning us in, Damon is out for tonight. He'll be out tomorrow night as well, but we'll return on Monday. We've got a special guest who'll be handling news. Not tonight. That's David Zier. We already met him. Uh, We're going to have Assemblyman Doug Smith. He's going to be joining us tomorrow night as well for the show. He's been a guest before. He's a great guy. He's, uh, He's got some insight on what's going on upstate in Albany. I guess they just broke from, uh, you know, uh, assembling or whatever they do, the assembly people do. Um, so he'll, he'll be uh, in tomorrow night with that. Again, we've got Curtis Sliwa coming up at the bottom of the hour, so right after this break. And right now, Slick Rick has got sports. Rick, what are you got for us? All right, Rick. Well, hey, congratulations to all our friends in Florida. They uh, sure yeah. needed some good news. And uh, more specifically, our followers in LFS6B in Tampa. Boy, they were very happy partying last night as their team took the Stanley Cup for the second year in a row. Amazing. This is Emily Kaplan of ESPN. Uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning are back-to-back Stanley Cup champs, and they did it in a nine-month span. Uh, Tampa Bay defeated the Montreal Canadiens one nothing to close out the series 4-1 to last night at home, becoming the first team to repeat as champion since the 2016-17 Pittsburgh Penguins. Goalie Andre Vasilevsky won the Conn Smythe Trophy and recorded his fifth straight shutout in his series clinching game. Boy, that wow. guy is just out of off the charts, out of this world. Yeah, he puts uh, up a wall when it, when it's time. Huh? Yeah, he's like the Great Wall of Tampa. Uh, and a Lightning rookie Ross Colton broke open the scoring at thirteen twenty seven in the second period, which was the only goal that they needed. <laughs> I was say broke open the scoring. <laughs> exactly, that was the only scoring. Yeah, that her words, but uh, I'm following it. And it says Colton was set <laughs> yeah. up on a goal by David Savard, who was the only other player on Tampa's Bay roster who had not won a uh, Stanley Cup. He's with the team for the first time this year. With the game five win, the Lightning improved to fifteen and zero immediately following a loss over the. 
past two postseasons, the longest such streak in NHL history. Wow. And one of my uh, followers shared a tweet with me earlier today, uh, uh, Scoobs. He shared a tweet from an Elijah Schaefer saying, earlier Florida was open all year, Bucks won a Super Bowl, Lightning won two cups, and the Rays won a pennant. Uh, Ron DeSantis remains undefeated. So the open <laughs> state's got all the champs down there. Three yeah. sports. They're starting to think about calling it Champa Bay. Yeah, well, that's a good name, and I guess uh, a good old, our good old Mayor, she got her wish and uh, got her championship there. Uh, Lucky uh, Jane for her. Kester. <laughs> Lucky for her that they'd been chasing her out of town with pitchforks. <laughs> <laughs> indeed, indeed. Uh, and switching to the PGA round one, John Deere Classic uh, just wrapped up a little while ago at the TPC Deer Run. This is in Silvis, Illinois. Six point two million dollar purse. Uh, it's a two way tie between Sebastian Munoz and uh, Chasen Hadley. They both shot an eight under. 63. Hank Libiota just finished up. He was eight under, but then he, he ended up at seven under. He's tied with two others. And remember what I told you, Sebastian Munoz, Jason Hadley, we'll see if they're uh, number one on Sunday night. Generally speaking, it doesn't hold out. Sooner or later, they're going to prove me wrong, but uh, that's what's going on in the PGA. Major okay. League Baseball scores. Finals. We have four games in the books already. Dodgers over the Marlins, six to one. Julio Urias uh, with uh, seven great innings of pitching with the win for the Dodgers. The Athletics, two to one over the Astros. Frankie uh, Montez uh, had the win with 10 Ks. Rockies over the Diamondbacks, nine to three with a four run rally in the seventh. Chi Chi Gonzalez with the win for the Rockies. And uh, the Mariners shut out the Yankees, four nothing. Logan Gilbert with eight Ks and seven shutout innings. And uh, again, Mariners, four nothing over the Yankees. Bottom of the third, Royals won nothing over the Indians. That was a rain delay. They got a late start. And at the top, top of the first, all three of these games are in the top of the first. Phillies and Cubs, Tigers and Twins, and Reds and Brewers, all scoreless. Later on, 9-10, Nationals out in San Diego to take on the Padres. And just one more, Rick. We got yep. game two of the NBA Finals tonight from Phoenix, the Phoenix Suns Arena, where the Suns are going to look to take a commanding 2-0 lead. They're up one nothing after their big win on Tuesday night. And it's the Bucks and the Suns, and we'll keep you updated on those scores. That tip is, uh, well, they say 9 o'clock tip for TV, but usually it's about 9.08, 9.10. So uh, my next segment, well, my second and next segment, and we'll have a wrap of score on that. All right. You got it, Rick. Well, thank you for that. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll pay attention. I'm looking for uh, – I'd like to say 4 nothing, uh with uh, Phoenix, but it'll probably end up being 4-1 at least. So yes, yeah, we'll I, I think Milwaukee will sneak one in there. I don't think we'll yeah, they'll let them win one so they can win back at home, just like <laughs> Tampa did. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. That's, that's the way it works. That's the ticket. Yeah, exactly. All right, uh, switching over to news. David, what you got going on, Mr. Zier? Um, well, it's a busy news cycle. Uh, we had uh, Biden make a speech on Afghanistan today, so we'll, I guess we're going to cover that later, right? Yeah, we'll cover that later. We've got a bunch of clips for that. Yeah, and uh, you know, Biden uh, vows to raise taxes on fossil fuel companies as gas prices are spiking up 40% uh, in the United States. I saw gas today in Los Angeles at $5.99 a gallon. Uh, 78-year-old Joe Biden delivered a speech at McHenry County College and uh, where he railed against the wealthy and fossil fuel companies and say they need to pay their fair share in taxes. Um, And uh, less than a year ago, you know, the U.S. was energy independent, the energy leader for the free world or for the whole world. And now it looks like OPEC, uh, you know, made a bad decision against the United States. And why are we buying from other countries again when we have it here for the next like 
200 years. Um, and it's really crazy. And then Joe Biden's at an event the other day. Um, he was at a like preschool. Uh, he was in Illinois. <laughs> a thousand Trump supporters came out. He had like seven Joe Biden supporters come out. And he goes up to this little girl who's like five years old. And he says, how old are you? 14. He has this infatuation yeah. with young girls. It's like it, unbelievable. It, it is very creepy. He it knows, is creepy. He knows she only stands two foot eight and she can barely <laughs> recite, you know, uh, full sentences or, or she's learning how to write. She can't write cursive yet. But meanwhile, this this uh, creep um, keeps saying, are you 14? Yeah, it's crazy. It's like, wh- at least they didn't do- smell who does her. That? Well, you know, um, he was at a, um, he's talking about the infrastructure bill out there in Illinois, and he was touring a child development center. And it was clear that these kids were like toddlers through yeah. like five or six or something like that. So, uh, you know, he beelined to the little girl as soon as he entered one of the well, of classrooms. Um, but, you know, there's a lot more going on. Can I talk about unemployment uh, just yeah. for a second? So okay. the top 10 cities that have the lowest unemployment in the United States right now with a pe- post-pandemic uh, type of comeback uh, is Manchester, New Hampshire, 1.6, Nashua, 1.7%, Burlington, Vermont, 1.3. It's amazing because there's no industry up there. So uh, <laughs> it's not really a good reflection on the American economy as a whole. Lincoln, Nebraska, 2.2%, Huntsville, Alabama, 2.4%, Omaha, 2.8%, Salt Lake City, 2.7 and then Sioux Falls, South Dakota and Billings at 3%. And then the top 10 cities that have the worst unemployment rates. Let me guess. Uh, let me guess. The, the, go for are, it. Are they are they are they are they leaning uh, are they leaning Republican? 9 out of 10 are Democrat run. Uh, uh, Hialeah, Florida has 8%, but I don't know who like they, their mayor is down there and stuff, but New Orleans 11%, Long Beach, California 10.6, Glendale 10.4, Newark 11.6, New York City 9.8 and if you read, you know, uh, unemployment in New York State is like, you know, four points behind the national average. So we're having a really tough time. We already lost one third of our small businesses in New York. And then you have Los Angeles at 10 percent, San Bernardino at 9.6, Chicago 9.3 and North Las Vegas at 9.9. So, you know, these lockdowns have been brutal and unnecessary. And restaurants only contributed 1.4 percent towards the coronavirus. They never should have shut down. Yeah. Um, and, so. and you know what, too, uh, out in San Francisco. We, we actually have a clip of, of why people maybe uh, maybe people aren't going back to work or can't find jobs. Uh, why stores are continuing to stay closed or are deciding to shut down because of what you see here in Cut 15. Check this out. Watch the door. Here we go. Look at this. And <laughs> oh, it, it looked, is this a game show? What, what's going on here? <laughs> wow. This is, so this is the new policy of the DA. Yes. If you steal under $950, but, you can't be prosecuted. But the crazy part is, this is not a cheap store. Yeah. If you roll back that, and if you roll back that video real quick, I know we're tight on time here, G. Um, watch who's, who's filming this. Not, not only one uh, officer in a uniform, which is right here. But you'll see a second one who's obviously got a holstered weapon on his hip, and the gentleman there in the suit was also filming. So yeah. it's almost like they knew it was happening, but it's like, eh, we can't do anything a about it. A quick stat, uh, 17 Walgreens have closed uh, and five uh, targets because of the unbelievable theft that's going on. They can't control it. Well, if you live in those cities, good luck. Uh, in the meantime, we got to take a quick break. We come back. 
Good luck. Uh, hopefully, we'll have Curtis live here on the air, live from Studio 6B. Stay there. Live from Studio 6B on Real America's Voice right here. Uh, yeah, we were supposed to have Curtis Lewa. <laughs> we're, 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 we're not kidding. We really were. David just got off the phone with him because his Internet is down. There's some wacky weather hitting the East Coast. Many of you know this. Uh, we, we almost didn't have a show tonight because we were thinking, uh, we could lose power. Um his internet is down. He may be available at 9 o'clock. If it comes back by then, hopefully we'll be able to get him on. In the meantime, we do have plenty of stuff for you. So let's uh, let's continue on. Shall we, David? Don't, yes. don't feel bad. I feel terrible, but uh, he said the storm hit the city pretty hard, and he yeah, just can't get online. Exactly. Hey, uh, you know what, what I wanted to start off with? And I know we got all the Biden stuff I want to get to and the HHS secretary that was uh, – uh, stuff there that that really drove me crazy when I saw it. But I did talk talk to you earlier about this gentleman who approached the school board and his name is Simon Campbell. And I want you to take a look at this because this is is something that, again, it came up um, and again, I'm not sure the date. G, are you you familiar with the date of when this, when he addressed the school board? I think it was the second or... It was like two weeks ago, maybe the, June the 23rd. I want to say it's June the 23rd. It's at a Pensbury, uh, a Pensbury school board. Um, and he approaches them. And it has to do with, again, the, the CRT that they're pushing and stuff like that. But it's more of how what's been happening because of parents speaking up. So it's more to do not with the CRT, but more with a different issue that he's noticed that we've all noticed when you see these videos, what happens when these school boards are confronted and they're challenged and they don't like being challenged. And so he, he, he approaches them in this way. Check this out. I'm a Pensbury School District resident, Pensbury School District taxpayer. I'm also a former member of the Governing Board of Directors, 2009 to 2013. It's nice to see the old faces. I'm here to speak today. I believe, Gary, you said it was item KKK in the agenda book. Well, isn't that just a perfect, perfect summation of what it is I'm here to talk about? KKK, your proposed new school board policy seeking once again to limit the constitutionally protected speech of American citizens. Now. When I sat on this school board, I believe some of you old-timers might remember this, a union guy spoke at public comment for five minutes and ripped me a new one. He called me the bastard child of Margaret Thatcher. And I sat there and I said to myself, okay, fair enough, welcome to America. He considers me a bastard because I'm in the government. His logic is sound. Now, what happened was the superintendent and the school solicitor at the time freaked out and they didn't put the tape online the next day. And I called them up and I said, get the tape online now before we get sued for censorship. I yelled at the solicitor and I asked him what law school he went to. Because it was clearly constitutionally protected rhetorical hyperbole. I can cite the case if you'd like. And I said to Paul Long, the superintendent at the time, don't ever cut the tape again, Paul. And by the way, bastard child of Margaret Thatcher, I took it as a compliment. Now, you snowflakes apparently have a bigger problem with public comment. (laughs) It seems to me that you think you can supersede the United States Constitution. Well, 
I've got news for you, school board president Benito Mussolini. Your power does not supersede that of the US Constitution and the First Amendment rights of the citizens of this great nation. Let's be very, very clear who has the power. Mr. It is Campbell, not government policy. Do not warn me or do not interrupt my time. That if you personal insults like that again, or if you personally direct your comments, you will Let be asked be very to clear. step away from I'm, the podium. I'm going to I am quote to you, again, make your comments, I'm but quoting do not just do a minute. Do not talk like over me. This is my comment, not your comment. I'm quoting to you now from the United States Supreme Court 1964 case, New York Times versus Sullivan. This is constitutional case law in this country, and I'm quoting you from the U.S. Supreme Court. The, just, the judges wrote that this nation is founded on the, quote, profound national commitment to the principle that debate on public issues shall be uninhibited, robust, and wide open, and that it may well include vehement, caustic, and sometimes unpleasantly sharp attacks on government and public officials. That's constitutional case law in this nation. I don't have to be nice to you. Nobody behind me has to be nice to you. If you don't like living in the United States of America, then you can all move to Russia, Cuba, or China. This is the First Amendment. And I will, I will caution you, I will caution you, solicitor. There is a video camera to my left. If you edit this tape, then you're going to have a big legal problem on your hands. Because my right to critique your fascism, which is what this is, is constitutionally protected. There are emails, public record emails, in which the Director of Equity is lobbying and advocating for public comment to be censored in this school district. And you know what? You know what? Lobbying for it, advocating for it. We've got the school board president saying she'll do better at hitting the moot button in blatant violation of the Constitution for her lobbying and her advocacy of unconstitutional censorship. I want you, the school board, to terminate the employment of Dr. Charissa Gibson with immediate effect. terminated her employment, I want all of you to tender your resignations for hating on this country. We have a God-given constitutional right to critique you, and we can speak in any lawful tone that we see fit. And don't go looking around, Benito, because this is the United States of America. You have a good... One more thing. I want to make a verbal request right now for an unedited copy of the tape. So if any of you delete it, you're going to have a big legal problem. Good night. Wow. Look at that. Oof. Man, oh man. It, it, you, you know, you know what, you know what makes it great is that he's not even from this country, but he appreciates yeah. yep. the Constitution. He cites uh, specific uh, court cases, and he uh, uh, plus the accent. I mean, the you're British getting yelled around. at in that yeah. accent. They always sound smarter than us, right? Always. I, I just interviewed a, uh, in Sarasota a congressional candidate from England, too. You know, these guys are really well-read. Yes. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, it's not like us watching TikTok and watching people, like, snort peas up their nose or something. You know, <laughs> these people are really educated, and uh, God bless them. Yeah, he really handed them their butts on a platter. So again, yeah, if you want, uh, we'll try and we'll try and make sure that gets posted again. His name is Simon Campbell. So if you want to, you know, kind of kind of do an internet search on your own and find it, and then share that with your friends, just you know, give us credit because we turned you on to it. Um, but again, you know, something like that, 
he's attacking and, and and it's a response to the CRT. Again, it's all stemming from the CRT training and the nonsense and the indoctrination that's trying to push on on our kids. And then well, of course, what does the left do when they don't when they hear things that they don't like that are uncomfortable, truth and facts? What do they well, they want to silence it. And the best way to silence it is as as that email pointed out that he had in front of him, uh she'll do a better job on the mute button. So that, that again, you know, starting at the very low level, you might be, well, it's just a school board meeting, but that's where it starts. Well, it hasn't in the past because, you know, these municipal unions and the National Teachers uh, Association, uh, the National, uh, you know, the Education Department, they're out of control. They're a runaway train. So, you know, in the past, you had school board elections like here in New York, like right. 1%, 3% of the population shows up for them. But there's a sea change now, right? Yeah. People feel uh, that they have to activate on grassroots levels because now, you know, we know, we've been screaming about this for 30 years about people, kids being brainwashed. But now it's, you know, they're not, they're on a bash it about their hatred for America now. It used to be hidden. Right. And it's just it's uh, it's it's a new movement, and we're we're awakened. Yeah, it used to be the thing that they whispered when nobody could hear them, but now they're they're just out. Th- they feel empowered, um, maybe because they feel like, oh, we got rid of Orange Man bad, we can do anything. Um, you know, th- they they feel like they're they're unencumbered now. Like like they feel like that they're the majority when they're not. They're the loud minority. That's that's what we have to get over. Is is the fact that they are not the majority. Most people you talk to, most people your neighbors, whether they voted one way or another, if you talk to them one on one as a person, they're gonna they're gonna be like, yeah, I don't want my kids learning that kind of garbage. I don't, you know, and we should be allowed to. We should be allowed. Think about it. the people that you're not allowed to criticize are the ones who hold power over you. So keep that in mind. And and they did it to themselves because they're all liberals and they let the kids bring cell phones and talk, you know, while the teachers were teaching classes. Now those same cell phones are bringing down the teachers in right. the United States for their left-wing lunacy. Yeah. Right? It's just amazing stuff. So, again, his name's Simon Campbell. Look it up if you want to uh, watch it again or share it with your friends. Feel free and do so. Um, let's see. We have some other stuff I want to make sure we get to. Uh, one one clip that I wanted to share last week kind of got lost in the shuffle. And this is uh, cut 21, G. This is House Representative out of Colorado, Lauren Boebert. I think I'm pronouncing that correct. Yep. Um, she had this to say when she, <laughs> well, well, listen for yourself and watch for yourself as she takes on both Joe and Hunter Biden on the House floor. Madam Speaker, I want to begin this evening by thanking my Democrat colleagues for their outstanding work in encouraging millions of Americans to celebrate their Second Amendment rights by purchasing their first, second, or even 100th firearm. (laughs) From the left's riots in cities across America to Biden's threats to strip away our basic constitutional rights, Democrats are single-handedly responsible for the sale of tens of millions of firearms. Bravo. Well done. (laughs) And I hear that the interest has begun to peak when it comes to the sale of F-15s. Now, I have some questions for these freedom haters. When are you going to call on the chief executive, the basement dweller, to hold his own son accountable for his gun crimes. Hunter Biden lied on a federal firearms application, 
which is punishable by up to 10 years and a $250,000 fine, of which 10% will not be going to the big guy. <laughs> Rules for thee, but not for my crackhead Parmesan smoking gun criminal son. What about the disposal, the disposal of Hunter Biden's gun in a back alley dumpster? And why was the Secret Service involved in locating this firearm? Can you just imagine for half a second if Donald Trump Jr. was involved in firearms crimes and his dad ordered the Secret Service to cover it up? That's just the start of the hypocrisy. Biden will call widely purchased firearms weapons of war, but then he'll tell you that you need an F-15 or a nuke to keep the federal government in check. He will target so-called merchants of death, but celebrate the 600 abortion clinics across America. This reg regime will encourage riots, defund the police, and try to take away Americans' right to self-defense. Madam Speaker, the American people are not on board with the Biden regime's hypocritical gun crabbing. Instead, they are buying guns at a record rate. So my colleagues from the other side, they can keep running their mouths and we will keep adding to our arsenals. <laughs> well, there you go. Not only the First Amendment, but the Second yeah. Amendment all in one segment there. I, I spent a lot of time talking to Lauren. She's a red hot <laughs> pistol. And I got to tell you, I went yeah. on eBay. I was only able to find a MiG-15, so I couldn't <laughs> get the F-15. It's coming. All right. Well, maybe you can line her up not to show up on the show next time. Yes, along with I'm good at that. <laughs> <laughs> all right. We'll take, a quick, we'll take a quick break. We'll come back more with David Zier. He's handling news for us. Slick Rick's got some sports coming up and uh, more with uh, you guys. Thank you for joining us. Here, live from Studio 6B on Real America's Voice. All right, a rockin' Thursday night. It's rockin'. Thanks, Fran. Live from Studio 6B on Real America's Voice. Of course, if you're joining us, we appreciate it. If you're just joining us for the first time, going, where the heck's Damon? Uh, Damon's off tonight. He'll be back on Monday. And in the meantime, I'll be holding down the show tonight with David Zier. Tomorrow with uh, Representative, uh, what's his name? Doug State Assemblyman Doug, Doug Smith. Smith. Doug Smith, yes. The great Doug Smith. I wrote it down somewhere. I forgot. Yeah, he's great. He's been but on he's, the show. Yeah, and he's been on with us before. He's uh, He spends a lot of time up in Albany, yep. but he represents one of the districts uh, uh, close to us, near and dear to us here yep. in New York. So we'll have him in, sitting in. Well, he's going to be taking over your job tomorrow, and David. The, uh, and David, you're flying, okay. off, you're, you're flying off the CPAC anyway. You're going to have fun. Yeah, I'm going to have fun. And, you know, Doug Smith, uh, he's the youngest legislator in the New York State legislature, I believe. Um, and he also had a really funny quote yesterday about how, like, we, you know, basically we're heading towards revolution in New York State, something like that. So yeah, he's, he's been right. fighting. He's, he's been fighting. Well, when you consider how all of a sudden, um, wow, we're not talking about uh, Cuomo's scandals anymore, are we? No, because he's a puppet for the left, and they're using him to get their liberal agenda through, so they're not going to prosecute him. Right. So, all right. Well, speaking of news, let's go to you, David. What else do you have for us? Um, well, I just want to talk about uh, New York City a little bit, and uh, the, you know, around the country, like 64 people were shot in Chicago this past weekend, and like 13 died. Uh, like a one-month-old was shot, an 11-year-old, oh. a 12-year-old were killed. Um, 
It's really bad. All Democratic cities with Democratic police commissioners, governors, and and mayors. Um, And in New Jersey, a 12-year-old girl was shot on the 4th of July and killed. Um, So... There And another guy was shot, a 20-year-old intern was shot mm-hmm. uh, through the window of like a train in Chicago, I believe, yesterday and killed. Uh, but I want to talk about New York City really quick, just for like 20 seconds. Yeah. Um, I had lunch with uh, uh, Ray Romano's brother today, uh, Richie Romano, really great man. He has a, a movie coming out called The Investigator. And he was talking about he's a cop in the city. And under Giuliani, you know, that he backed the police. Right. He loves the police, you know. Uh, and, you know, he was in an officer-involved shooting. And uh, Giuliani came to his side. And he was there for them. And Eric Adams wasn't. And, you know, Eric Adams is running. You know, he was uh, the head of 100 black members in law enforcement and stuff, which was fine. But, you know, he's not uh, a conservative in any way. He's the Democratic candidate. He has the advantage in the election. It's really bad. You know, hotel revenues are down 67% in New York City year over year. 25 was shot this weekend, 41% increase in murders, you know, a 91% increase in car theft, like we talk about. But it's about broken windows. And that's what Richie Romano was talking to me about. You know, if you were caught jumping a turnstile under Giuliani, chances are you had a warrant or had a weapon on you. And that changed the dynamic on crime. We're not doing anything about that in New York City right now. Right. Yeah. You know what? And I've heard, uh, you know, we've had Mayor Giuliani on the show. He talked a bit about that. I've heard um, former police officer and Secret Service agent Dan Bongino mention the broken, broken windows policy. And they all mention the same thing. It's like this guy who's jumping a turnstile, that's that's the type of person who's on his way to go do something else, which is why he's not going to put a quarter in or put in the token to, to, to get through the turnstile because – why would they? They have something else on their mind. Chances are he's going to rip somebody off in the subway yeah. or he's on his way to commit some, some, some other crime. Or maybe he's holding something. Maybe he's, he's got a concealed weapon. And again, you don't know that stuff until you detain yeah. him and say, okay, what do we got going on here? And 96% of the shootings in New York City are black and Hispanic victims. Yeah. And they're not getting any help. These kids have no chance out there. And uh, Giuliani wanted to community police. The people reached out from the uh, low-income areas for, for help with him, and he did it. And they went from 2,000 murders to 300 murders in a year under him. And, you know, shootings are up 103% since 2019 in New York City. Yeah. So so, uh, and, but the, uh, the, the hotel industry is getting hammered. Uh, first, they had to house all the homeless. Now they're releasing the homeless. Hotels were destroyed. Uh, it's going to take years for them to come back from this. Yeah, not only that, from what I'm hearing also, a lot of them don't want to leave. So now you've got to fight to get them out of their free hotel room that the city thought, oh, this is a good idea. Let's get them off the street and put them, put them in a hotel and, and let them destroy the hotel instead of destroying the street. All right. Good job there, uh, stupid yeah, I'm going on vacation with my family. We're going to claim we're homeless. Maybe we'll get a nice room <laughs> on the Upper West Side overlooking Central Park. All right. Well, yeah, we're, we're always thinking. Well, enjoy that. Uh, <laughs> let, us, let us know how that works out. Uh, let's go to sports right now. Slick Rick, what do you got for us? Well, I wish I had Simon Campbell's accent for this report right here with uh, Wimbledon 2021. Uh, Carolina Pliskova to face Ash Barty in final after defeating Arena Sabalanka. This is from Liz Rocha of Yahoo Sports earlier today. Sabalanka will have to wait for her first finals appearance because Pliskova took the match 5-7, 6-4, 6-4, and will face Ash Barty in the Wimbledon final. 
And Barty showed us strength in a victory over Kerber today to get there as well. Just a month after being forced to retire from the French Open due to injury, Ashley Barty is headed to her first Wimbledon final, defeating Angelique Kerber 6-3, 7-6 in a match that lasted just short of 90 minutes. So made quick work of it. Yeah. The women's Wimbledon final will take place on Saturday. And over to the men, Rick. Men's singles, five-time winner and defending champion Jokovic will t- uh, contest his 10th Wimbledon and 41st Grand Slam final on Friday against 22-year-old Canadian Denis Shapovalov, who has reached this stage for the first time in his career. Friday's first semifinal sees Matteo Berrettini take on Poland's <laughs> Hubert Hercoc, the man who sent Federer packing, possibly for the last time in the quarterfinals. So matches are heating up. My pick is I think uh, I think uh, Jokovic is going to get by Shapovalov, and I think that Hercoc is going to pass Berrettini. And this this uh, Hercoc is really looking good. So that will be on Sunday, that final. So uh, looking forward to that over the weekend. I'll have a full recap on Monday. Right. And let's go to the rodeo in action tonight. Thursday night rodeo just opened up the Hamill Rodeo and Bull Riding Bonanza, Rick. Hamill, If you're going to go, make sure it's a Bonanza. At the Corcoran Lions Park in uh, Steer Wrestling. Just a few, a few events underway. Steer Wrestling, Carson Good in 5.6 seconds, which is a good score. Uh, team Roping, Brandon Webb and Colin Van Ahn, 4.9 seconds. And Tie Down Roping, Blake Chauvin in 8.2 seconds. Uh, we'll have another rodeo, the Dinosaur Rodeo Roundup. That'll be a little bit later in the show. Look forward to that, guys. And uh, last but not least, fans are barred from the Summer Olympics amid COVID spike in Tokyo. This is from Chilena Goldman of the Yard Barker. If you thought the days of seeing empty stands at sporting events were in the rearview mirror, Think again. It was announced today there will be no fans in attendance at the Summer Olympics, which is set to kick off in Tokyo later this month. The announcement coincides with Tokyo issuing new state of emergency due to a recent spike in COVID-19 cases. Tokyo reported 920 new infections uh, earlier today alone and the highest daily caseload since the middle of May. Reported by who else? CNN. Uh, Restrictions will go into place July 12th through August 22nd, encompassing the entirety of the Olympic Games. The Summer Olympics in Tokyo is set to start July 22nd. And that's a shame. You know, I was talking to Fran earlier offset and saying, you're going to miss that crowd noise. Yeah. Who's going to want to watch? It's like watching a practice. And Rick, I know you're big into track. And what's your thought? Yeah, I mean, you know, as the athletes, you you feed off of that. That that spurs people on to, you know, on to performance. You saw it last year in the bubbles that, that these teams played in. And Major League Baseball without the fans there, it's boring. It's like, what are we watching here? A part, part of, you know, the whole athletic experience is the crowd. It is, you know, hearing the cheers, hearing the right. noise. Um, it's, it's an amazing feeling when you're out there. I think it's all BS because a month ago, uh, only about 3% of the Japanese population had a second shot, and they had an 18 times less death rate per capita than the United States. And with 35th in the world in infections, they only had 13,000 deaths out of 127 million people jammed in like sardines (laughs) in a country the size of the state of California, and only 4% of their land is livable. So I think there's a lot of uh, corporate BS going on. Absolutely. A lot of politics getting involved, unfortunately, and it's going to affect things. Um, but what can you do? It's, it's their Olympics. Let them do what they want. Uh, just good luck to everybody who's representing this country that wants to be represent this country. Exactly. You're the only ones we want there. Right now, we got to take a quick break, though. That's the end of the first hour. First hour flew by. It did. Man, oh, man, we got a lot still to come up. 
Stay there. Uh, we've got some Biden. We've got some Becerra. We've got some more great clips. We've got a crazy town for you. All coming up in hour number two, live from Studio 6B on Real America's Voice. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you on the other side of this. from Studio 6B on Real America's Voice on a Thursday night. Thank you for joining us here tonight. David Zier sitting in on news for Paul Nolan. Rick uh, Slick Rick is here, of course, with news. Uh, thank you for watching on Dish Network, Channel 219, Pluto TV, Channel 240, Samsung TV Plus, 1029, the Roku channel, if that's your method of choice, or if you're watching us online at Real, uh, realamericasvoice.com, we appreciate that as well. And of course, follow us on Twitter, Facebook, all the socials, Parlor, you name it. Uh, we got the Rumble uh, channel up, so you can go check us out there, check out your favorite clips, and uh, hit like and share and all that stuff. And again, welcome to us on a Thursday night. David Zier, did you have a chance to watch TV today, David? Um, a little bit. I was in the car all day. I'm a talk radio junkie. So, you know, I've been following what's going on. But but and, did you uh, catch, uh, so did you catch any of the, uh, of resident Biden speech? I, I, I listened to almost the whole thing. Okay. Sorry uh, to hear that. I, I don't think he did a terrible job. Mm -hmm. Uh, I was actually impressed that he kind of had it together today, which is hit or miss. Um, but, uh, I think he was wrong when he said that, you know, there's 300,000 Afghan soldiers going against only 75,000 Taliban. Uh, there's some key points that he missed. Um, do you want me to go into it? Or? Yeah. And it, it, well, let me just give everybody yeah. the basics. If you missed it, of course, Biden today was defending his decision to withdraw, not his decision. It was made before he got there uh, to withdraw the military forces from Afghanistan, something that President Trump had put into motion, saying that the U.S. operations will end. Now he changed the date again. Remember, he changed it. For, he put it to Trump had him out by May. Yes. He moved it to September 11th for some who knows why he chose that date? I mean, it's weird, right? That's a weird date well, to pick uh, uh, out of out of the ethers like that. He just September 11th sounds good because why they're not ready because the government's not stable there, and the Taliban's taking land in the north, and uh, they don't really know what to do about it. Right. And um, you know, I was listening to Geraldo today. He's a disgrace. He said, oh. "You know, we lost the war. We're pulling out like the British and Alexander the Great." It's not really what's going on. No. Um, so I, there's I, a I lot mean, to it. I mean, let's face it. The operations are now set to end on August the 34th. Uh, Biden's the fourth president to oversee this war, which, you know, uh, I don't know about you, but this war. Eh, eh, well, eh, I, I, people say, well, it's the longest war. It, the war was over in a few weeks, I feel like, because we went in there and kind of kind of leveled them pretty well. And if I feel like ever since the after the first few months, it's been kind of a police. Hey, we're well, going to watch everything. We're going to nation build. We're going to do this. Hey, we're going to bring democracy to you. That's not war. That's nation building. 
War is we're in there just destroying the enemy and, and, and blanketing them with bombs and, and, and gunfire. You have to remember um, that um, we, we prevented over 500 terrorist attacks through the Joint Terrorism Task Force and special operations around the globe. Uh, we got a lot of intel out of there. And we ended combat operations in actually in 2014, 2015. And what's been going on for the past six or seven years is air support, some special ops intelligence on the ground. And even though we've still been losing soldiers, there's 2,370 soldiers we lost, and one is too many. But those guys did not die in vain. No. They prevented attacks and stuff around the world. And, you know, the Taliban is taking back territory in the, more, in the, in the north. And the problem with pulling out of there and not leaving a small force behind is that our drones take eight, ten hours to come from Diego Garcia and all the places they come from. They can only, it takes eight hours to get there. They can only reconnoiter for an hour or two over the battlefield and the country. And we're losing a very significant strategic stronghold to be able to operate from. And I'm not asking, you know, to, to keep 10,000 troops there, right. but it, it is a loss to pull out. And um, that Afghan army, Afghan army cannot resist the Taliban without U.S. air support. So I think we have a problem. Um, let's see how it unfolds. Yeah. And again, you know, I'm not taking anything away from what we've been able to, to achieve, yeah. you know, on the terrorist front. What I'm saying is the way that the media and the politicians frame this in terms of calling it a war, um, I feel like that was over. That was that was like when we invaded Iraq. That was over in a matter of weeks. That was that was done, and 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 we could have pulled out of there and said, "See what happens when you mess with us. Don't do it again, and let them clean up the mess that we left behind." Um, but that's not what we do. We stick around. We're like, well, we're going to help you out now, and we're gonna, we're going to build some some roads. We're going to build some schools. I know you guys don't really like that kind of stuff, and you'll probably destroy it anyway, which they end up doing. Um, <laughs> But that's what ends up happening, and we get we get sucked into this protracted stuff. Whereas, like you said, if we left a small force behind, saying, "Look, we're going to leave these guys here. You guys get out of line again. You're going to see way more of these guys." And you you know those those Moabs that w- that we own. We're going to drop a few more of those, and we're going to let you know, don't do that again. See, I I feel like that's the way to do it, along with the intelligence side, like you said, disrupting the terror networks, which is great. Do that. Do it. You know. Uh, undercover, nobody knows what's going on. You know, really, really keep it, keep it on on the DL. But, but not this. You know, let's have eighty thousand troops sitting around with a target on their back. Well, we made a big mistake in Afghanistan by uh, not allowing the Ba'ath Party to keep their weapons, and we should have let the military keep their weapons. They all bled into the countryside, became fedayeen, and that was a security threat. And then Saddam let everyone out of prison. Right. Um, but the big thing um, with um, You know, um, I I lost my train of thought for a second here, Um, but... You know, you, uh, we didn't honor the status of forces agreement in 2010, and Obama pulled those troops out early, and we created a void and a land bridge from Iran to Syria for them to run uh, Republican Guard into Syria across Iraq. We created this void, a swath of land the size of Indiana first, ISIS to operate. So that was a big mistake by Obama for pulling out too early, because uh, we had it under control to a degree. But listen, um, we've been there a long time in Afghanistan. You know, we shouldn't have thousands and thousands of troops, but we cannot lose our strategic edge. Well, here, here's what happened today at the press conference after uh, Joe Biden made his, uh, made his speech. Well, he actually took questions, and they were probably, you know, scripted and said, okay, you're gonna, here's who you're going to call on. But let's go with uh, cut one when, he asked, when he's asked about trusting the Taliban. <laughs> Take a listen. 
You trust the Taliban, Mr. President? You trust the Taliban, sir? You, is that a serious question? It's absolutely a serious question. You trust the Taliban? You no, I do not. No, I do not trust the, the Taliban. So why are you saying that? Is the U.S. responsible for the death of what? Mr. President, will you amplify that question, please? It's a silly question. Do I trust the Taliban? No. But I trust the capacity of the Afghan military, who is better trained, better equipped, and more, re- more competent in terms of conducting war. All right. Wow. Well, there you go. He was a little uh, succinct today. It wasn't it wasn't a horrible performance, but I think he's inaccurate again when he says, you know, the Afghan army can defend itself against the Taliban. I don't believe that because Pakistan's going to come in and harbor all these people and they're going to take down the uh, Kabul government, I think. Yeah. And and now we're getting word that China's making a deal to uh, do a little uh, do a little deal inside of Afghanistan as well. Let's go to cut number two here when asked about the intelligence team predicting uh, the future of the Afghan government. Your own intelligence community has assessed that the Afghan government will likely collapse. That is not true. Is it? Can you please (laughs) clarify what they have told you about whether that will happen or not? That is not true. They, so, did not, they didn't, did not reach that conclusion. So what is so what the level of reach? confidence that they have that it will not collapse? The Afghan government and leadership has to come together. They clearly have the capacity to sustain the government in place. The question is, will they generate the kind of cohesion to do it? It's not a question of whether they have the capacity. They have the capacity. They have the forces. They have the equipment. The question is, will they do it? And I want to make clear what I made clear to Ghani, that we are not going to walk away and not sustain their ability to maintain that force. We are. We're going to also work to make sure we help them in terms of everything from food necessities and other things in in, in the region. But, But there is not a conclusion that, in fact, they cannot defeat the Taliban. I believe the only way there's going to be, this is now Joe Biden, not the intelligence community, the only way there's ultimately going to be peace and security (laughs) in Afghanistan is that they work out a modus vivendi with the Taliban and they make a judgment as to how they can make peace. And the likelihood there's going to be one unified government in Afghanistan controlling the whole country is highly unlikely. Ah, you see what he said there? He kind of parsed some words. Uh, he said they have the capacity. He, do, he doesn't agree that they're going to collapse. He says they have the capacity to, to do what they need to do to, to, to you know, basically survive. But, but then he asked the question, will they? See, that's, that, that I think is what the intelligence community was telling them. is like, we don't think they've got the, the, the cojones to stick, to stick this out, to, to fight back. We think, yeah, they have the capacity, but they'll probably fail. That was what the intelligence community was telling him. Well, listen, uh, without U.S. air support continuing, I don't see how the uh, government stands a chance. Um, but, uh, you know, we'll see what happens. The, the main idea of this, though, is that we can't afford for them to build a terror network up again. And uh, when we went in in November 2001, we smashed them in the north. And uh, we had a lot of cooperation, right? Uh, the Lion of uh, Panzer, um, you know, and, and all, we had allies and stuff. We, we can't lose those allies on the ground from, like, the Northern Alliance and uh, stuff like that. So uh, groups like that. And uh, I'm just afraid that, you know, uh, U.S., 
uh, foreign policy is weak right now, and other countries are going to take advantage of that. Yeah, and exactly. talking about infrastructure, I understand that Afghanistan has the best roads in the world right now. <laughs> <laughs> All brand new, ready to be bombed. Uh, here's what Biden had to say about the last 20 years in Afghanistan, whether it was worth it or not. Given the amount of money that has been spent and the number of lives that have been lost, in your view, with making this decision, were the last 20 years worth it? You know my record. I can tell by the way you asked the question. I opposed permanently having American forces in Afghanistan. I argued from the beginning, as you may recall, it came to light after the administration was over, lasted our administration. No nation has ever unified Afghanistan. No nation. Empires have gone there and not done it. The focus we had, and I strongly supported, and you may remember, I physically went to Afghanistan. I was up in that pass where Osama bin Laden was allegedly escaped or out of harm's way. We went for two reasons. One, to bring Osama bin Laden to the gates of hell, as I said at the time. The second reason was to eliminate al-Qaeda's capacity to deal with more attacks in the United States from that territory. We accomplished both of those objectives, period. That's what I believe from the beginning, why we should be and why we should have gone to Afghanistan. That job had been over for some time. And that's why I believe that this is the right decision and quite frankly, overdue. Okay, we gotta we gotta take a break. <laughs> it, it was five seconds. Five seconds. His brain misfired for five seconds there. We'll we'll replay that part on the other side of this break. We gotta take a quick break. We come back more with Biden. We'll do some news, we'll do some sports, and a crazy town is coming up on deck as well. Live from Studio 6B, stay there right here on Real America's Voice. Live from Studio 6B on Real America's Voice. Thank you for joining us here on a Thursday evening, sharing your time with us. We appreciate it. We'll try and give you as best coverage as we can, our take on things. And, of course, uh, we appreciate your feedback. You can always uh, email the show. Uh, it's lfs6b at yahoo.com. And also check out the website, which Damon just got up running. We'll have the chat feature reinstituted by Monday. So look forward to that. That's live from studio6b.com. There it is there. You can uh, check out, you know, e- each part of the show has its own segments. If you're thinking, hey, we should add this or, or do something more like that, send in, so in, in your suggestions. We'll be happy to consider them. And, of course, get all your shirts and, and 6B paraphernalia, like the stuff that Rick is always getting people to send him so he could sign at 6bshirts.com as well. And, again, uh, we appreciate it. We were talking about uh, 
Joe Biden just before the break and his speech today was answering some questions. Amazing how many questions he actually answered. I was surprised. But let's go back to the last clip, because that last clip, when he's talking about the last 20 years in Afghanistan, whether it was worth it, um, he, he tries to he tries to rewrite history when it comes to when it comes to uh, going after bin Laden. But there was that moment where his brain misfired for literally five seconds. You can count it out to yourself. It's amazing that people don't see what is going... Well, they do see. Maybe they don't want to admit it. What is going on with this guy? Gee, let's replay that clip real quick. I physically went to Afghanistan. Yes, we know this. I was up in that pass. In the pass. Where you can't Osama recall bin where. Laden was allegedly escaped or out of harm's way. Yeah. We went for two reasons. One, Here it to... Is. One... Two, three, bring four, Osama bin Laden to the gates of hell. Yeah. Okay. You can stop it. I said it. Look, look at him. Look how excited he is. He's like, I remembered it. Uh, 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 five seconds. It looked like he's getting he's getting the uh, the information for a helicopter, how to fly a helicopter in the Matrix, shot into his brain so he can try and save Neo. Um, it, the way his eyes are fluttering, and he's like, I can't recall. I don't know what. Uh, 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 Gates of Hell. <laughs> See, I got it. See. Uh, it's a daily occurrence, but what's um, really fascinating is that it's an easy position to take that say, oh, we should have been out there sooner and right. all this stuff. You know, it's Monday morning quarterbacking. And, and Joe Biden's never been right on any foreign policy <laughs> no. issue in 50 years. So um, it, it's like yeah. listening to Dr. Fauci, whatever he says, do the opposite. Because then you'll get it right. Uh, now, now I want to show you something from 2012, Joe Biden, talking about the same situation, talking about bin Laden. Now, now, real quick, um, we're gonna we're gonna play this 2012, and then and gee, if we can just jump back to him talking about that part again, where his brain stops working. But let's go to this 2012 clip, uh, cut four. And we had to make a decision. First off, stop it right there. Listen the to his voice. Listen to the difference in this guy's voice and his command of how he's actually answering this question. Go ahead. And we had to make a decision. The president, he went around the table with all the senior people, including the, church, the chiefs of staff. And he said, I have to make this decision. What is your opinion? He started the national security advisor, the secretary of state, and he ended with me. Every single person in that room hedged their bet, except Leon Panetta. Leon said, go. Everyone else said, 49, 51, this to, got to me. He said, Joe, what do you think? And I said, you know, I didn't know we had so many economists around the table. I said, we owe the man a direct answer. Mr. President, my suggestion is don't go. We have to do two more things to see if he's there. He walked out and said, I'll give you my decision. Yeah, and, and he basically did what he was supposed to do. Whatever Joe says, do the opposite. Now, again, yeah. play that clip of Joe Biden from just earlier today. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's okay. But, but it's just an amazing, it's amazing the difference that you'll see in the two, where he had a command. His voice was, was assured. He was, he, he, he was speaking. He was just talking 
without without thinking about it, without having to struggle to put two words together, yeah. you know, to find the verb and the predicate, where does the noun go in this particular part of the sentence? It was just amazing, the difference. And then you see him struggling a- anytime he gets in front of a camera today. I don't think you can trust anything that ever came out of his mouth. You no. know, he's a plagiarist. And uh, so, you know, when he's in the war room and he's like, you know, we got to, you know, I, I just, he has no credibility. Right. You know. So. Yeah, exactly. For sure. So let's go to that clip now. And, and again, this is Joe Biden today compared to a few years ago. And for two reasons. There it is. One, two. One, two. Bring Osama bin Laden to the gates of hell. All right, you can stop it there. Again, just an amazing difference in what you get. Uh, Joe Biden, you know, from 2012 to Joe Biden today. And we're supposed to think, oh, yeah, he's running everything. He's running the country. He's doing a great job. Bang up job. Yeah, good stuff. Hey, with that, we got to take a quick uh, shoot over to sports and see what Slick Rick has got going on. How's the NBA Finals, Rick? Yeah, game two in action in the Phoenix Suns Arena. Right now, it is 21-15. to 15. Milwaukee's jumped out to an early lead, which they really need to get a lead early on the floor. Uh, it's, again, 23-15 now. Check that. And uh, Giannis has six points, and P.J. Tucker has seven points for the Bucks. And and uh, Phoenix's uh, Mikael Bridges has six as well. So, like I said, Phoenix is up uh, one zip, and uh, Milwaukee really needs to win this game, bring it back to Milwaukee even. So uh, we'll keep an eye on that. And uh, 23-17 as we speak, live score. Major League Baseball, just a couple of quick scores. Right now in the bottom of the sixth, the Royals lead the Indians 3-1. to one. Uh, Top of the fourth, Phillies 2 nothing over the Cubbies. Bottom fifth, Tigers 2-1 to one over the Twins. Bottom of the second, Brewers lead the Reds 2-0. And just underway in the bottom of the first is the Nationals and Padres. They're scoreless. And Trevor Bauer, administrative leave extended seven days by MLB amid Uh investigation of L.A. Dodger pitcher. This is from Alden Gonzalez. We've been following this very closely, Rick, as you know. Uh, The extension which came on the final day of Bauer's initial leave was attained with the consent of the Major League Baseball Players Association. Major League Baseball and the Pasadena Police Department are conducting separate investigations into Bauer after a woman accused him of choking her until she lost consciousness on multiple occasions, punching her in several areas of her body and leaving her with injuries that required hospitalization over the course of two sexual encounters this year. The last of which occurred on May 16th at Bauer's Pasadena, California home. This is the Major League Baseball last year's Cy Young Award winner and, uh, really a star in the league and well a little bit of a black eye for baseball i guess you know the old saying is uh guilty till proven innocent or innocent till proven guilty well, well it's see. supposed to, it's supposed to be innocent until yeah. proven guilty and it's not like i feel like we're, we're living in bizarro world where where we haven't seen this play out before i don't know if it, is anybody re, uh, remotely uh remember that old old um fake story from jussie smollett where he, you know, he faked something. Yes. Uh, I'll go back even further. And the prosecutor David, covered for him. Yeah, I'll, I'll go back even further to Tawana Brawley. Oh, my God. Someone covering, c- covering themselves in feces, yep. putting themselves in a plastic bag, claiming somebody did something to her. Um, you know, I, I've got video here of a guy punching himself in the face while he's being held by police trying to say that, you know, something happened to him at the hands of police. I mean... I think we got to hold, you know, I, I understand Major League Baseball's point of they want to make sure that, you know, 
Yeah, they want to insulate themselves from this, right. exactly. But you can't just destroy this guy's life in the process. Right. If he's going to be charged, then he, then let him be charged. But until that time, you got to consider him innocent. And even if he's charged, he's still innocent. Deserves until his due process. Yeah. The truth comes out in all these cases. You know, Tawana Brawley accused the special prosecutor in Albany of, of uh, raping her. It was, the yeah. whole thing was so bizarre. It was just, And she just didn't want to go home because she was afraid of a stepfather was going to beat her. And so that's when she faked the whole thing. So it comes out. It'll come out. Right. Yeah. And, and so I hope, you know, and, and again, if this woman was truly hurt and, you know, that's terrible and he should be sure. punished for it. But let's wait till everything comes out. Don't destroy this guy's life. Yeah. Until it comes out. Uh, Christine Blasey Ford style. Quick break. We've got a crazy town. we got uh, Human Health Secretary Becerra. We've got a lot more coming up. Stay there. Live from Studio 6B on Real America's Voice. We appreciate you joining us tonight. We've been covering a lot. David Zier sitting in uh, hand, hand handling. I, I, I feel like I'm, I'm turning into Joe Biden. I think I paid, played too many Biden clips before. <laughs> uh, my brain is misfiring. The synapses aren't you know, kind of clicking. Uh, he's sitting in doing news for Paul Nolan. Rick, uh, Slick Rick has got sports. He'll do another update before the end of the show. We'll get an update on the NBA Finals. See if my, uh, my Phoenix Suns prediction is going to come true. Hopefully it will. Uh, also... We're going to tackle Human Health Secretary Becerra. He had some interesting comments. We've got those coming up. But first, let's let's put a bow on Mr. Uh, Mr. Biden, shall we? And uh, you know, we 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 owe it to the president to 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 give him today's crazy town once again. So here we go, crazy town, Rology. Earlier today, I was briefed by our senior military, excuse me, we remain, we retain personnel and and capacities in the country, and we maintain some authority, excuse me, the same authority. The United States did what we went to do in Afghanistan. We're going to continue to work for the release of detained Americans, including uh, Mark, uh, uh, excuse me. What's his name? Ferrix. I, I want to pronounce the name correctly. I, miss, I misspoke. Yeah, you We're misspoke. also going to continue to make <laughs> sure that time. we take on the uh, Afghan nationals since we're no longer going to have military there after this. We're not going to need them, and they have, have no jobs. We're also going to be vital to our efforts, so they, and they've been very vital. Half have gotten on aircraft and come, commercial flights and come, and the other half believe they want to stay. And this, uh, starting this month, we're going to begin to re, re, relocate. We're going to be, begin relocating. <laughs> Location flights and the United States and the last administration made an agreement that they to with the Taliban to remove all our forces by May 1 of this past of this year. That's what I inherited. That agreement was the reason the Taliban had ceased major attacks against U.S. forces. We also need to focus on shoring up America's core strengths to meet the, the strategic compet- competition with China and other nations. That is really going to determine determine our future. Do you trust the Taliban, sir? Are you, is that a serious question? It's absolutely a serious question. Do you trust the Taliban? No, I do not. To the Taliban? No, I do not trust the, the Taliban. Do I trust the Taliban? No. 
but I trust the capacity of the Afghan military, who is better trained, better equipped, and more more competent in terms of conducting war. And you. You know my record. I can tell by the way you asked the question. It came to light after the administration was over, last in our administration. The focus we had, and I strongly supported, and you may remember, I physically went to Afghanistan. Here it comes. I was up in that pass where Osama bin Laden was allegedly escaped or out of harm's way. Here it comes. We went for for two reasons. Five seconds. One, two, three, four, five. Bring Osama bin Laden (laughs) to the gates of hell, (laughs) as I said at the time. This is now Joe Biden, not the intelligence community. You've said two things. One, that if it could result in a civil war, that's different than the Taliban succeeding. Well, first of all, the mission hasn't failed yet. That that didn't come to didn't come to fruition. No. 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 And keep in mind, as a student of history, as I'm sure you are, never has Afghanistan been a united country. Not in all of its history. No, there's no mission accomplished. The mission was accomplished in that we get Scott Osama bin Laden and terrorism is not emanating from that part of the world. While the wait is taking place to come to, uh, um, to, and hopefully while they're waiting there. When I was in Afghanistan, I've been there a number of times. I remember being in a school outside and, uh, and by the way, the, the schools in Afghanistan are not fundamentally unlike schools on the west coast where they have you know a, a, an area in the middle that is sort of like a, looks like a playground and single-story buildings uh, connected the? around it that's why we spent so much time and money training the afghan security forces to do the work of defending that if every work well anyway so yes i'm aware <laughs> all right and, and- didn't even have to edit that part that's that's brain that's brain freeze i figured out what he said all right he said he's sending loki to afghanistan (laughs) (laughs) and he said half a league half a league back from the jaws of death out of the mouth of hell or something like that and then he said los angeles schools look like the ones in kabul so that was the summary (laughs) and that that if the afghan military surrounds it and, and protects it they should be okay all right good to know Actually, wow. some New York City schools look like they're, they belong in Afghanistan, yeah, but that's okay. another story. All right. So that's, uh, that's putting a, a bow on Mr. Biden for today. I mean, there was so much more that G got for us. But uh, I definitely want to hit this before we go because it's important. And it has to do with what we spoke about yesterday in terms of vaccines and whether the government has the right to know if you're vaccinated. They talk about, oh, we're going to come door to door, which has been panned uh, uh, across across everywhere everybody's thinking this is a bad idea except of course if you're a liberal or you're a democrat or you're on one of the mainstream media health and human services secretary xavier becerra said earlier today that it is absolutely the government's business to know whether you've been vaccinated you don't believe me well don't don't just take my word for it let's hear it from his own words from his own mouth this is cut number 16 g roll this i wonder if you can answer that criticism, it's none of the government's business knowing who has or hasn't been vaccinated. What do you say? 
Brianna, uh, perhaps uh, we should point out that the federal government has had to spend trillions of dollars to try to keep Americans alive during this pandemic. So it is absolutely the government's business. It is taxpayers' business if we have to continue to spend money to try to keep people from contracting COVID and helping reopen the economy. And so it is our business to try to make sure Americans can prosper, Americans can freely associate. And knocking on a door has never been against the law. You don't have to answer, but we hope you do, because if you haven't been <laughs> vaccinated, house. we can help dis- help dispel some of those rumors that you've heard and hopefully get you vaccinated. Ah, well, there you go. So, you know, again, don't don't take my word for it. That is the uh, uh, human health secretary, uh, Xavier Becerra, saying it himself today. Uh, that it is the government's business. And that's an interesting take on on what the government should be and shouldn't be doing. Um, you know, my body, my choice. I ah, forget that. Not when it comes not when it comes to something that has a ninety nine point six percent chance of recovery. No, no, no. We need to know if you've succumbed, if you become a sheep and have taken the uh, the chemicals that we've prescribed for you. Uh, listen, Jen Psaki said, I think today that the government is not going to track you. So they're they're uh, contradicting they're, themselves. Yeah, but they're, they're talking out of both sides of their mouth. And corporate America really controls the world. And uh, they're leaving it up to the private sector, they say, you know, whether you can go back to the workplace without being vaccinated. 154 doctors were fired from the Houston hospital. They don't want to get vaccinated. Uh, You know, and there's a lot of questions out there. You know, 16-year-old males uh, are having the sack around their heart removed due to pericarditis after getting vaccinations. There's still a lot of questions. In Canada, you know, just like here, big tech is doing the job for government and censoring anybody who criticizes the vaccine health risks, anything like that. Uh, and it's uh, it's messy. Yeah. And it's scary because this is this is the this is the slope that that, you know, we've been warned about. Hey, let's go to cut number six, uh, 17. This is when asked about vaccine requirements. Check this out. We hear pleas from President Biden telling people to get vaccinated. But what we're seeing is a decline in vaccinations. And there are folks who say more needs to be done, like Dr. Lena Wen, who in an op-ed for the Washington Post said, quote, that's not nearly enough. Biden needs to get behind proof of vaccination, starting with his own White House events. A gathering touting the United States progress toward independence from the virus should have been the ideal opportunity to make the case for vaccine requirements. It matters for everyone, including the vaccinated. What's your response to that? Having people say, yes, I am vaccinated and and proving it or at least having them attest to it. Show your papers. Well, there are any number of ways to try to continue to make progress. And the president has demonstrated that he is open to moving in any direction we can to help Americans get safe, be safe, feel safe. And so we'll continue to provide uh, Americans access. We're going to go where you are so that you can get vaccinated and we'll do everything we can. And what we've done is allowed the states through our governors, our mayors and county supervisors to determine how best to approach people in their neighborhoods. Yeah. So they're going to come to you, whether you want them to or not, according to Becerra. Well, it's their responsibility because it's it's their their business to know who's vaccinated and who isn't. Now, check this out as as uh, as uh, Brianna Kaler from CNN uh, leads him down the road to uh, talk more about, you know, a little fear porn. This is cut number 18, G. Perhaps the best story there, the best data point to uh, to really put out there for folks is that today about 99% of those who are contracting COVID and dying are unvaccinated. Oh, and so scary. if you want to stay alive, 
if you're going to contract COVID, you want to stay alive, best chance will be if you're vaccinated. Yeah. So, so in other words, the only way to stay alive from something that has a 99.6% recovery rate um, is to get vaccinated. Because that's the only way to stay alive. If you want to stay alive, you get the vaccine, David. Isn't that amazing? Well, you know, listen, there were only five deaths per state in the United States um, today and uh, five deaths yesterday. And, uh, you know, uh, people are not dying on mass from COVID anymore. It's been this way for like a year, yeah. you know, and, um, you know, I'm worried. So my daughter's going to Spain in February with her school. And she has to get vaccinated, travel to Europe. Um, but my daughter got Lyme's disease years ago. And so she has an autoimmune. And I know so many people who have uh, autoimmune or diabetes who got the vaccine have been sick as a dog, like for months, for months yeah. and months. So like, I don't want to give my daughter the vaccine. But, you know, we may decide to do it in the end. And I'm not a big anti-vaxxer, you know. Um, I think overall they've been effective, especially with the older population. I don't think our kids need it. I think it's poison. Right. And how many hundreds of cases are there? 5,800 people have died from vaccine. Yeah, uh, it's, it's over 6,000. Teenage 6, boys are getting uh, yeah. pericarditis. They're getting um, heart problems. They're having yeah, the sacks around their heart removed. We're seeing, wow. we're seeing a lot of adverse reactions to the uh, vaccine. Let's go to cut 20 here. Uh, here's where they really make their push, though, G. Yeah. Oh, okay. Let's do uh, let's do cut nineteen then. Uh, the best choice. <laughs> Check this out from Becerra. I hear you saying leave it to local leaders, leave it to governors. Why not at least model how uh, you let people uh, into an event? What does that mean? Well, Brianna, you heard uh, you read off some of the comments of some representatives in Congress, and the the that particular type of thinking is not. Uh, uh, it, it's out there, and we want to give people a sense that they have the freedom to choose. But we hope hope they choose to live, and we're going to make it possible for them to have a good life. And by the way, protect their family and loved ones at the same time. We hope people make the right choices. We want them to have the right information. But we are America. We try to give people as much freedom and choice as possible. But clearly, when over 600,000 Americans have died, the best choice is to get vaccinated. So, so we're in America. We're trying to give you. We're trying to give you the best freedom to make the best choice possible for. You. Oh, that's great! Thank you for that. I, I, I didn't think. I, I thought we already were free to make that choice. Amazing, amazing stuff coming from the uh, Health and Human Services Secretary there, Becerra. You know, saying oh, we, we hope you make the right choice because that's the only choice they approve of. There. Yes, sir. from Studio 6B on Real America's Voice. Man, the show has flown by tonight. Lots of stuff we tried to cover for you. Uh, David Zier, of course, sitting in for Paul Nolan, handling news for us, so we appreciate that, David. Slick Rick's got sports coming up in just a little bit. Actually, you know what? Let's do, let's do sports now, shall we?
Sure. Rick, are you ready for that? I got the update, Rick. The Suns are heating up in Phoenix, 39-35. They just went ahead of the Bucks, just under seven minutes to go in the second quarter. Milwaukee jumped out to a nice lead. They were maintaining a six, eight-point advantage. However, they've just uh, come back now. The Suns have gotten really, really hot, and boom, here you go. Devin Booker, Chris Paul heating up, and uh, well, it's looking to go up 2 nothing. <laughs> so Milwaukee, we'll see what happens. But uh, 39-35, plenty of time to go, but... Uh, I don't know, not looking good. I, I, I thought the Bucks were going to really break away, but Phoenix is too strong, yeah. as I said at the beginning when we talked Tuesday night. Uh, Major League Baseball, just a couple of games left in action tonight. Royals right now over the Indians, 3-1. to one. That's in the bottom of the seventh. Phillies continue to lead the Cubs, 2 nothing. top of the fifth. Bottom of the sixth, Tigers over the Twins, 3-1. to one. And in the bottom of the fourth, the Brewers continue to lead the Reds, 2-zip. One other game in action out west in San Diego, where the Nationals are shutting out the Padres, 3 nothing. That game is in the bottom of the second. And then we get the Dinosaur Roundup Rodeo. We know RLF has 6B followers. They love the rodeo. That's from July 8th to the 10th in Vernal, Utah at Western Parks. Steer Wrestling earlier today. Jesse Brown in 3.9 seconds. Good score. Team Roping. Clay Smith and Jade Corkhill in 4.5 seconds. And Tie Down Roping. Kincaid Henry 8.5 seconds. We'll have the Steer Wrestling and Bull Riding. We'll have those updates tomorrow night when we hit the show. Right. Uh, and COVID-19 outbreak in Tyson Fury Camp jeopardizing fight first. Deontay Wilder, sources say, from Mike Copinger and ESPN. There's a COVID-19 outbreak in Tyson Fury's camp, which will inevitably cause his July 24th heavyweight championship fight against Deontay Wilder to be postponed, sources told ESPN earlier today. No official determination has yet been made on whether the fight set to be held at T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas and broadcast on ESPN Plus pay-per-view will proceed as planned. You gotta remember, this is a major, major pay-per-view gate. I mean, it was... uh, astronomical numbers for these fights and uh, they're going to continue to monitor but it looks like that fight is going to be delayed so uh, we'll have a further follow up report on that tomorrow night and last but not least I got one more Rick Tom Brady gets warning from Stanley Cup after Tampa Bay Lightning win the title Jeremy Willis of ESPN.com Tampa Bay Buccaneers QB Tom Brady is no stranger to celebrating championships the city of Tampa is getting pretty used to it as well since the Tampa Bay Lightning have won consecutive Stanley Cups sandwiched around Brady and the Bucks winning the Super Bowl The official Stanley Cup Twitter handle didn't waste much time warning Brady that the 128-year-old 34-and-a-half-pound trophy was too big and heavy to throw. Uh, (laughs) The official warning is much needed as the Buccaneers celebrated winning the Super Bowl in February uh, where Brady was throwing that trophy from one boat to another, which was actually caught by uh, tight end, Tampa Bay tight end Cameron Brate. Um, So anyway, what they said was FYI, it tweeted out, FYI, I'm too heavy to throw. And Brady said, uh, I don't know. Everything feels a little lighter after some tequila, so uh, <laughs> we'll keep an eye. But uh, Tampa Bay says, uh, look out, Brady. Don't be throwing that Stanley Cup around. It might hurt yourself. And that's a wrap in sports. Back to you. All right, Rick. Well, thank you for that. Hey, we got a few minutes left. There was one more clip that I wanted to make sure we squoze. Uh, squoze? Is that a real word? Squeezed. Squeezed. Squeezing. Squeezing. The squoze was the an squeeze. 80 band, 80s squoze. band. I squoze it myself. Um, <laughs> this coming from, again, having to do with the, uh, the fight that's going on on the ground level. Uh, we're talking about the uh, the school boards around the country. This one from a gentleman named Ian Rice. He is a Michigan parent talking about critical race theory taught in the schools and his thoughts on it. This was captured just the other day. David, check this out. Hey, my name is Ian Rice. I've got two children here at the California School District. Um, 
It's very apparent here by all of the parents that have spoken that this board and the school district is failing. Um, more importantly, I came here to talk about critical race theory. This theory was never meant to be brought into grade schools, high schools, at all. It's actually taught in the collegiate atmosphere, and more importantly, the legal portion of the collegiate atmosphere, to see different laws through the lens of race from an ethics and, 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 and an ethical standpoint, right? Not for grade schools and high schoolers. The problem with bringing it to high school and grade school level is that we don't have the educators to properly teach these kids. Instead, they're using it as their own agenda to indoctrinate the kids to hate each other. And whether you believe that to be true or not, the reality is that's what's happening. Critical race theory is teaching that white people are bad. That's not true. That would teach my daughter that her mother is evil. You already have an educator within your staff that has pulled my daughter aside and said, well, you're a minority, so you know better than to engage in certain things. Wow. Wow. When I was brought to the school's attention, nothing happened to the educator. Instead, my daughter was brought in and she was ridiculed. So my question is now, with critical race theory being brought in, what is your criteria to educate the educators? And who are you to educate my children, or any of our children, in life issues? That's our job. Your job is to teach them math and science. Our job is to teach them about life. I believe racial issues and tensions across the U.S. are nowhere near what they used to be decades ago. Do we have a long way to go? Sure. Do we still have individuals out there that need to be taught? Absolutely. But I believe the people here don't look at me as a black man. They look at me as a man standing in front of you addressing the issue that we all are very passionate about. Yeah, and there you have it from a, from a parent. A little different take, uh, a little less fiery, but I think extremely effective in getting his point across. Yeah, it's like dealing with that guy at the building department, you know, you can't get him fired, even though he talks down to you and has contempt for you. That's what's going on with these teachers, right? They can't be let go. They got tenure. Um, it's really evil. And I don't mind the teachers teaching ethics and morals in school. I'm not, a, you know, against right. that. Okay. Uh, but they're, it's lunacy. Yeah, well, they're overstepping their bounds and they're, they're imposing, you know, things that they shouldn't be imposing and teaching things that, you know, again, if you watch this, this is a great video of these two little kids, toddlers running towards each other, one black, one white, they don't see color. They just see their friend. That's all it is. And that's how they start. It's racism is taught. And it's sick that teachers are now and school districts are now trying to teach this in school to kids who... Hey man, they just want to have friends. They just want to be friends with everybody. They don't see they don't see color. They see a potential friend. So the left has been backpedaling across the country because oh, yeah. they know they're going to lose the house next year and probably the Senate. And if you notice, they're like moving back to center left, center right again, you know, and uh, they, they know that they've awakened the giant again right. in the American people. Yeah. We we are the the Silent majority, but we need to get louder. And as the next election comes up, we need to continue that fight and move this forward to get this country where we want it to be. 
And it's not it's not being led by the socialists who want to destroy it and tear it all down. I'll tell you that much. Now, David, you're flying off to CPAC this weekend, correct? Uh, yeah, I'm very excited. Uh, by the way, I have another sports story on New Mexico. A uh, uh, guy was let out of jail, an illegal alien, and he cut off some guy's head and he played soccer with it. Oh, wow. <laughs> so there's oh. a lot of craziness going on. But CPAC Tech is very exciting. We got Trump coming. Uh, everybody and anybody is going to be there. There's probably going to be 10, 15,000 people. Um, you know, uh, people are awakening. And we just had a CPAC in Orlando in March, and now they have another one in July. This has never happened before. People are so fired up, and they're spending thousands of dollars to come. Uh, They want their voices to be heard. Uh, It's really significant. Yeah, and not only that, you've got that happening this weekend. Um, You also have your show, which is here on Real America's Voice at 8 8 a.m., I should say. Yeah, we're doing it live on Saturday, probably at 1 p.m. on Real America's Voice, right from uh, CPAC. All right, so great great stuff. Uh, Again, we appreciate you coming in and joining us and help us out with some news and have a little fun and making fun of uh, Joe Biden with us. It's easy. (laughs) Yeah, he just kind of teased it up for us. Uh, So we, we wish you the best in your trip tomorrow. Have a safe flight. Down to Dallas. Say hello to all our Dallas viewers, if Absolutely. you might. And until uh, next time, hopefully we'll, uh, we'll do this again. It's been a blast. All right. For everybody else, thank you for watching. Uh, we, as always, we salute our military, active and retired, our first responders, EMTs, firefighters, police, everybody on the front lines, everybody here on the show, Gio and Fran in the booth, and you guys, thank you so much for watching. We truly appreciate it. See you tomorrow night with more live from Studio 6B right here on Real America's Voice. Till then, all right, all right, all right. All right, all right.